uh, we're doing our Bible Institute stuff now on Wednesday nights for a while, and uh, we're taking a little break from the chapter through the Bible, which we did for eight years, and, and uh, we got into Numbers, and then a hurricane came, so I saw it as a sign. I don't, yeah, no. We're in Numbers chapter four. I got that, uh, I got a comment on that, but we did our Bible Institutes on Sunday nights, so we're doing those on Wednesday for a while. Uh, if you didn't know, we have a Bible Institute. You are all can take classes at the Bible Institute. You can earn an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree if you want. It's all free. Or you can just come along and take classes. There's 104 courses online on our website. They're all available. And, uh, and so I'm just teaching through right now one called Creative Bible Study Methods. This is actually from a group called Harvest Time. And um, I'm sort of condensing the classes a little bit. But it seemed like a really good and appropriate study for everyone to have on how to study the Bible, what the Bible's all about, what it looks like. We've been working through it a chapter at a time, but this is more of a, if you're sitting at home, which I encourage you to do, how do you study the Bible? How does it all work? How does it fit together? And so we've been, we've been looking at some of the basics up until now. Well, today what I want to do is talk about two types of Bible study. We're going to look at more, but, but how, how do you, you know, when you're sitting down and you're starting to study the Bible and read the Bible, which I'm encouraging you to do all the time, you know, what kind of different studies can you do? Because it's one thing you say, well, go study your Bible. You, you don't even, you know, that, that could mean a whole lot of things. So what is a, what does a Bible study look like? So I'm going to work through two with you today. Uh, the first one is called the devotional method. And um, the devotional method, it gets its term from the word devotion, which means dedication, consecration, worship, um, and, and, uh, or a sincere attachment to a cause or a person. And what, what the devotional method does when you study the Bible in that way, it in, sort of increases your dedication to God. Uh, it leads to worship. It leads to a deeper personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. And uh, this one, I think, is a great place to start when you start studying the Bible because the idea is not only um, do you study uh, God's Word, but, but part of it is that you, you learn to apply the truths to your life. And that's really the biggest, it's one of the biggest components. Um, you, can, you, can, you can know this word, but if you don't apply it, you're missing sort of the, the big part of it. And so, um, the, and so we want to study it and apply it into our lives. And I really think the enemy um, hates it when we do this um, because that's the, that's the worst thing that can happen is we're reading the Bible and we're applying it to our lives and we're pressing on it. And remember, I've told you that uh, in our weekend series right now, we're talking about the life that we have in Christ and that, that Jesus came to give us, you know, full and abundant life, now and forever life. We're, we're talking about that. And, and uh, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, John 10, 10. But the beginning of that is that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so our enemy is hard at work trying to steal this life that Jesus came to bring from us. Now, as believers in Christ, we, we've engaged in this eternal life but, but the enemy doesn't just go, okay, well, I've lost them now and I'm going to give up um, because he has lost us in that regard. But he doesn't want us to experience the incredible life that we can have in Christ. And so he's after us all the time to make that uh, not happen. I'm going to, I'm not really looking at my phone. I'm actually going to turn on the air conditioner. Yeah, it's why I want to move the air. Well, you could have, but I'm there now. Plus, I can smell we just painted the prayer room, and I'm, uh, I'm getting a whiff. But that should fix that. Yeah, we turn the air conditioners on with our phones, too. 
Although it's not, it's not doing it right now. Come on, baby. Oh, there it goes. Okay. So, um, so the enemy is trying to keep us from, you know, I always, I say this on the weekends. He's trying to keep us from prayer and he's trying to keep us from reading the Bible because if he can keep us out of there and applying the Bible lives, he really makes us ineffective. And so you'll notice there's all sorts of distractions that come up and you'll notice that they, they seem to hit a peak whenever you say, so, so tell me if this happens to you. You think, you know, you set up a, you know, and I'm going to get up tomorrow and I'm going to, I'm going to sit, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to a prayer time, as a Bible time. But as soon as I wake up, I'm going to set it up, going to get my coffee and, uh, or whatever it is. And I'm going to sit down. I got everything in place. I'm ready to go. And the phone rings or somebody needs something or all of a sudden you're, and you can't, and you're like, how does that happen? Well, the enemy really wants to distract us. So we have to push through that. So uh, in this little method, it's, it's, it's not only reading the Scripture, but it's applying it to our lives because we want to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. James 1, 22 through 25 uh, says this, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he'll be blessed in what he does. So, um, you know, we need to read the Word, but we also need to be applying it to our lives. And um, in, in the next few weeks, we'll look at some other methods as well. Um, you know, we're going to look at book studies, chapter studies, verse studies, word studies, any other type of study you do. But at the core of them all, you should be trying to apply these things to your life. So here's a little step for doing a devotional Bible study. First thing, um, so what you want to do, and you should have a little piece of paper with you when you're, when you're studying the Bible, is, is write down the name of the book in which the passage you're studying is found, then write down the chapter and the verse numbers you've selected to study. So um, I, I, it's a good thing, I think, we're going to talk about studying whole books and studying whole things, but take a passage of Scripture and um, you want to start to study it. Um, so like, not this weekend, but next weekend, one of the little spiritual disciplines, so you get a head up by being here on Wednesday night, I'm going to ask you to add to the ones that we're doing is to memorize Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And so let's say that's the passage scripture that you're, the passage of scripture you're going you're gonna to spend some time with. So you'd write down Philippians 4, 4 through 8, and you'd start to look at what's going on with that. And um, that's a great passage of Scripture, right? How many of you know it? I've been encouraging you to memorize it forever. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Now, why I encourage you to memorize Scripture like that, and we'll get to it again, is that it's there when you need it. And those verses, particularly verse 6, is so helpful. I get to it every, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. How many times a day do you think that Scripture is useful? Thousands, perhaps. Because, well, any, how, many, how many times do you get anxious? Right? And how often do we let our anxieties take us into worry and into all sorts of stuff instead of going, wait, wait, no, I have a, I know that, wait, don't be anxious about anything. Is what you're being anxious about anything? Yeah, of course it is. Well, don't. Wouldn't you wish it was that simple? 
Sin, stop. Just stop it. All right, so write it down. Identify the subject. So read a portion of Scripture. So like that, so that would be a portion of Scripture, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Uh, read it, and, and, and then select a title that summarizes the subject and write it down. So you would come up with a title with that. I would, you know, my title for that would be, Do Not Be Anxious About Anything. But, uh, but you know, you pick out your own title. I'm not telling you how to do math. Yeah, and, and so you would go, okay, well, that's, that's pretty good. That's kind of the heart of what's going on there. So then identify the key verse would be the third thing. And in every passage, all those verses are important. But for me, I would say, because I've just told you like three times, I titled it that way, key verse. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Um, but, and, and, you know, depending on where you're at, any of those verses could be the key verse. Rejoice in the Lord always is certainly a pretty key verse in that passage. Let your gentleness be evident to all. That's pretty good. That's my parking lot verse. Most of you know that. So it is, right? You well, the banners are gone from the hurricane, but I always had a big banner out there with that verse on it. When you're parking here, let your gentleness be evident to all so that people don't get yelling at each other on the parking lot. And then um, and they sort of write that down, the key verse. And then you want to meditate on the, on the passage of Scripture. And um, so when we meditate, you know, people have a lot of different things about that word. Um, but but to, to meditate means to think. It needs to dwell on. It means to ponder. Uh, you consider it, and and you should be doing that throughout your Christian life. Take a take a verse or a passage. I often will have a verse that I think about, that I think about. I've, I've got some verses that I've thought about all the time for several years now. Um, you know that when and you'll hear it because they start to get reflected in my messages because they keep popping up week after week after week. Uh, and uh, you know, like for a long time, I was uh, Jesus asked the guy by the pool, "Do you want to get well?" Right? In, in John 5. It's been a little while since I thought about it. But what a powerful question. Do you want to get well? And I would think about that and think about that and think about it. What did Jesus mean by that? Jesus, the guy was sitting by the pool where he wanted to get healed, but he'd been sitting there for so long. Jesus was like, really? Why have you been here that long? And, Jesus, and he goes, yeah, I do want to get healed. Okay, well, get up then. Walk. Go do it. But pick a passage of Scripture and dwell on it and think about it and, and meditate on it. The other little discipline I'm going to add this week to our habits is uh, we have a, I put a Bible verse of the day on the website, and I'm going to ask you every day just to go read that Bible verse of the day and think about that one verse. It'll change every day. Sometimes it'll be make sense, but it's random. Sometimes it'll be kind of random, and that's okay. Think about it. Anyway, so meditate on the passage. Think about it. You can take a passage of Scripture. You could be doing one of these every day, or you could do one thing for a week or a month or as long as you want, as long as you're staying on it. What does it mean? What's going on? What's happening? Meditate on it. Read slowly through the passage. Read it out loud. Imagine that the Lord is speaking to you personally with that passage. How about that? That's really cool if you've never done that. So that, that verse that I keep, that I've said over and over again. But how about if the Lord was saying that to you? Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, the transcendent understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Of course, if he was saying it, he'd say, in me. But you think about it that way. That it's the God's love letter to you. And, and then another way, a very important way to meditate on it is to memorize it. And I would encourage you to always be memorizing scripture. That uh, you should always have some that you're working on. Passages. You know, we've, we've done through a whole series here called them Vineyard Verses. And I have seven or eight pretty long passages that I encourage you to remember because they're, they're important in our daily lives. But 
memorized passages of Scripture. And you're, you're never too old to do that, and you're never too young to do that. Get a whole vault of them in there so that you can have them when you need them. And the Holy Spirit will, when you've memorized them, he's really good about giving us Scripture anyway, but, but when you've got a chunk memorized, it's like they're right there, ready for you. And, and so it's very helpful. So make that a part of your life. And so if you pick a passage, think about memorizing at least the key verse, but perhaps, you know, the passage. Then you want to apply it. And, and so you, you start thinking about, how, well, how does that verse apply to my life, what I've learned? And so sometimes you can't apply everything that you learn, but, but you can start thinking about how to apply it. And that, you know, that particular passage is something that we should be applying all the time, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Well, that's pretty good. Um, what does that mean to rejoice? We've talked about that. Let your gentleness be able to apply that. Don't be anxious. We've talked about that already. Your, your thought process is in there. So lots of things we can apply. So ask yourself some questions. Is there an example uh, to follow in this, this portion of Scripture? Is there, some, is there an error to avoid that's, uh, that, that we, should, we should be looking at? And so, uh, you know, certainly there's an example that Paul gives us. These are the things you should be doing. Is there something we should avoid? Yeah, don't be anxious. Um, that we, we certainly don't want to do that. Is there a call to action? Is there, is there an action that, that we're supposed to take? Well, in that verse, I'd say it was to pray. The action step is prayer. And then ask yourself, well, what changes can I make in my life um, from reading that passage of Scripture? I put all those questions in there. So, you know, the, the, the thing that would pop into my mind from that is when I'm anxious, when I'm worried, I need to pray. I need to stop just wasting my time worrying, which does nothing, and start using my time praying, which accomplishes much. And, you know, I also tell you, when you pray, you know, you, you, you open the heavens, and, and God can certainly come in and do anything. But I find a lot of times what God changes is me. And uh, that's what needed to happen in the first place. So, and then can you get a prayer out of that for yourself? Is there a prayer to pray that you can regard this passage? I've, for me, again, I would say, Lord, would you, would you help me? Uh, the, the, the moment I find myself becoming anxious or worried and starting to go down that path, would you just quicken in me to remember this prayer and to say these verses? And, and uh, to do with that. So, um, so that's a little devotional study. I, you know, that's very quick, but so, you know, th that's the kind of thing you want to do. You want to start doing some of those things when you sit down. So all you would have done is wrote down that passage of Scripture, identified the sort of the subject and what the verse is, and then you spend some time on it. You can read it and read it, and you can memorize it and do something like that. That's a little devotional study. So there you go. All right, another one is a book study. How do you study a book uh, in, in the Bible, remember we talked about all the books last week and that there's, uh, you know, 66 books and uh, that, that we need to spend time reading them. And um, what you want to do is uh, uh, so you take, your, you, you take a pick a book. And, you know, let me say this. Um, if you're just starting this, start with some of the smaller ones in the New Testament. Don't like, oh, I'm going to jump right into Numbers or Leviticus. Excellent books or Chronicles. All excellent books. We were studying. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. It's not where you want to start. So um, pick a book like Philippians. And, and this time you're going to get the whole thing. And, and so um, we talk about this all the time because we want context. And so when you read an entire book in the Bible, you get context. You, you, it's very important that you don't take little verses and take them out of context. They need to be in the context of 
everything that they're written in. So you need to be reading before verses and after verses, or else it can be saying something that it's not saying. And studying uh, the Bible a book at a time will help us certainly do that. And so I have some steps for you in, in doing that kind of study. So the first thing you would do, you say, okay, I want to study a book. What do I need to do? And again, you should probably get a piece of paper down. Although um, if you don't, you can get your smart thing going, whatever. I don't really care. Uh, wherever, however you do notes now. Um, you know, I have most of my stuff on an iPad. I still find myself, I can't get rid of my yellow pads yet. If I don't have a yellow pad around, I feel weird. So I have everything, and so it's, it's kind of strange. But anyway, so I'll, I'll write some stuff down, and maybe I'll move it over. Maybe I'll, but however you work, it's just, I, maybe that's because I'm old. I don't know. Um, so what you want to do, so you pick a book, and then, so start by, small enough, read the entire thing in one sitting, and just read the whole thing. And don't be overly anxious about trying to figure it all out the first time you read it. Just read through it. And, and you, you, as you read through it, you kind of want to think about maybe a title that would summarize that book to you as you read it. And we'll use that later on, a little outline that we'll, we'll develop. Um, and then um, after you've done sort of reading it through, you, you want to you see if you can figure out the, the purpose um, that the book was written for, who it was written to, and who wrote it. That's where a Bible study tool would be helpful, where you could get that information. Sometimes the books will tell you so-and-so wrote this for this reason, but, uh, or they'll introduce themselves, but sometimes they don't. So you want um, uh, to find out who it was written to um, and, and sort of why it was written and who wrote it. Uh, and so some of the Bible study research we talked about would be very uh, helpful with that. And, and the books were written, you know, oftentimes to a group of people about a specific instance um, because they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, they're still as you know, uh, still useful in all aspects of life. But if we know to whom they were written and why they were written, um, we have a clue then about context and what was going on, and that's really important. And uh, if you can, you need to figure out sort of the geographic events. Where, where you know, what where was it written? Those are good to have. As you time, you might wonder why. But as you study the Bible, it will start to help you kind of knowing what comes where and why it happens. And, and, uh, and just kind of do a little summary of what's going on, of the life and ministry principle, and the basic truth, maybe, that you saw as you were reading. Um, when you're reading through the first time, the other thing you need to remember is that the chapters and the divisions and the verses, numbers, weren't in the original stuff. So we put those in later on to help us talk about them with other folks. So don't assume that a, sometimes the thoughts aren't finished at the end of a new chapter, there, there actually was a bad spot to end the chapter when you, when you start to read it, where it wasn't right. So you want to read it kind of without thinking about how it's divided initially, um, how we put numbers and everything in it. Just read through it in one sitting. That's why I kind of forget that those are there um, because the, it's the writing that's divinely inspired. You can't guarantee that when we put numbers and chapters in, we had that thing going on. So... Um, so you're just, you're not overly concerned with details. You're just going to kind of sit down and read it and get some enjoyment out of it and read it. Uh, theme, author, purpose, who it was written to, geographic setting, basic life and ministry principles. So that's your first read through. Now this, this study might take you a few days, but, uh, so you start with there. Okay. I got that in my mind. That's good. And then you might want to sit down again and, uh, uh, read it a second time. And this time, 
as you're reading through it, you want to sort of create a chapter title. So as you read a chapter, think about what you might call that chapter, what that title is. One of the reasons that's important, it's not as, you know, it's different now. So when, when I, now I hate that I have to say back in the day, but uh, people would often ask, and, and Keith can probably attribute this to, people would come and ask us where a scripture in the Bible was. And, you know, we had concordances we could go to, but you couldn't pocket that baby around. It was weighed like 50 pounds. And, and so one of the things you would have to do is sort of have an idea of where the scriptures were in context to what was going on in the story and when things were happening and who might have said it. And, and so you, you studied the Bible book by book so that you had an overview of, so someone asked you a question, well, where is this verse? Well, you could sit there in your brain, you used to be able to, and you could think, okay, well, that was something that so-and-so said, and he said it yeah, like around the third or fourth chapter of what he was writing, I remember, and then you could kind of go to it and narrow it down. Um, at least for me, that's how I had to do it. Some people just know lots and lots of stuff, but my brain never worked that way. But, but if I knew sort of what was happening in a particular book, because I had studied through it, and, and then I could say, well, it's somewhere in that book, and it's somewhere around this point in time, and this is what was going on, I could find them pretty quickly. Um, you don't need really do that anymore because you just Google it, right? You're just like, well, where's that verse? And now I find myself doing that. I'm like, I don't know. They're like, don't you have Google? <laughs> so, um, but it's good to know. So just kind of uh, work through and, and look at that. Nice, easy, short little titles. Um, I usually write that stuff on paper, but you can, if you like to scribble in your Bible, you can write it on the outline to do some, some, that's kind of fun to go back and look at years later. Uh, but again, we don't, things are a little different than they used to be. They used to be that before tablets and everything, I'm doing old, I feel so old today. Our Bibles would have all markers in them and all, maybe you were doing it, maybe you'd have markers everywhere and things, because that's how we did it. Now we mark up on our tablets. So, um, so, and then as you're reading the second time through, think about every time you finish a chapter, what would I call that? As you're reading, think about who the major characters are that you're finding about. Jot their names down. So you can know, oh, that's where so-and-so is, and that's where so-and-so is, and that's what's going on. And then if there's any keywords or phrases um, that are sort of basic to the understanding of the book, and they'll pop, and they might just be what pops up to you, but you, you write them down. The Spirit is very good about illuminating things as you read them. They'll just sort of light up, and you want to write those down. Uh, oftentimes those phrases or words are repeated throughout the Bible. You'll see them throughout the book that you're reading and do that. And then um, for that book, this is where it gets a little more schooly. And if you hate it, don't do it. But make a little outline of what's going on and uh, create an outline of the book. It's amazing what you learn when you outline things. Um, and that's still a very good learning method is to outline. So I think I put a little little thing in there. Um, and most of the time you can, you can do it, you know, you can use the chapters that are written for you as division points in your outline and then just sort of summarize a couple of points. And uh, so I, I took Philippians there and uh, the initial survey, you know, I read through it. It's book, it's Philippians. I wrote that down. Uh, it's an appeal for Christian unity, ultimately, is what Philippians is all about. Paul wrote it. Um, it was written to the believers in Philippi and... Uh, uh, it was to thank the, Philippi, uh, the Philippians for their support of his ministry and the, this appeal, again, for them to be united in Christ. And uh, the basic sort of principle in there is that unity brings joy. Uh, and, and so he was asking you know, the believers to get along. 
And then, uh, then you know, I, I didn't fill that part out. You could do that if you want. Some, some of the titles might be for the, for the five chapters that are in the book. You might be able to come up with a title if you want. The keywords in, in Philippians are rejoice or joy. The key verse is probably Philippians 2.2. 2. The characters, Yodius, Cincy, Timotheus, Ephroditus, Clement, Caesar's household. They're all the main characters. And then I, I did a little sort of outline for you where you can see it, how it might work. And uh, I don't need to go through that line by line because it's in your notes. So um, those are two ways to study the Bible. Uh, and if you've never done either, start with that little devotional study. Just start there. Pick a passage of Scripture. And, and uh, as we talked about it, start to meditate on it. Think about it. Dwell on it. And, and see how it impacts you. See what changes you can make because of it in your life. And what that looks like. So start with that one and then we'll build up to the other one. And we're going to do a few more types in the next few weeks so you know different ways to study the Bible. And then, you know, find what... Here's the thing about studying the Bible. You need to find what works for you and do that. If you're doing stuff you don't like, you know what will happen? You won't do it. So I never want to pin anybody down to this is how you have to do it. What will you do every day? You know, uh, um, you know, in my, my own devotional life, it took me years to really figure out uh, sort of one that I really like all the time that I've been doing now for years. And, and, uh, and so I would have to change all the time. And I might change this again sometime if I get tired of it. If I don't find myself being drawn to it, then there's something not right. So, so look for a way of studying the Bible that appeals to you and do that. And, and just but make it consistent. And make sure you're actually reading it for yourself and you're studying it for yourself. You want to you want to be able to be in a spot where you don't have to always rely on somebody else. You, you want to rely on the Holy Spirit in you, um, revealing the Word to you, so that if somebody comes along and is saying things that aren't truth, you immediately get it. That, hey, that's not right. Because the Spirit quickens you. You go, oh, that's not good. It sounds good, but I know that's not right. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that you need to be taking this in. So anyway... Work on that. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Come and visit us. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. We'll see you soon. If you have prayer requests,